the life after high school podcast. So yeah, so Nichelle, tell us uh, for those of the people who don't know, and even for myself as well, uh, let us in kind of what your life has been like to now from when you kind of exited high school, okay. roughly. So first I'll just quickly introduce myself because yeah. most people don't know who I am. My name is Nichelle Thompson, so that's N as in Nancy. A lot of people nice. always call me Michelle, yeah. but it's Nichelle. And Thompson spelled without a P, so right away it's just like a lot yeah. of people mess that up. But I am a chronic pain and movement specialist, so essentially what that means is I help people live pain-free, better quality of lives, and I do that through manual osteopathy and athletic therapy. And um, also Bioflex laser therapy and I do that out of my clinic HEAT, mm -hmm. Holistically Elite Active Therapy that I, I run here in, in Sudbury. Um, but to get away from that because I really want this to be for your audience yeah. and not really just focus so much on me because yeah. of what I said before. And we just, will get to Yeah, exactly, well. yeah. Because it's just like really the potential like I mentioned before is just phenomenal. Yeah. I just really want to be that catalyst to that's awesome. hopefully inspire someone yeah. to just get oh, into sure. their entrepreneurial life if that's what they yeah. you know, want to do. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Yeah. So what was that kind of strategy like mm -hmm. as you left? Yeah. How did you make that decision to jump okay. into the career so this and business? Is, this is very interesting. So I would say I was very lucky. So I, I look young. I'll, I'll start there. I look young. So I yes, find a do. lot of people ask me, my clients are like, how long have you been doing this? And I love that yeah. question because people yeah. are always shocked with my answer. And the truth of, of the matter is I've actually been practicing physical therapy for since I was four years old. My first, yeah, my first memory is my aunt saying, oh, can you look at my wrist? And I remember feeling the little bones and just feeling kind of, uh, you know, massaging out the area and stuff like that. Oh, cool. So it was something that I just was, um, that I believe I was just naturally um, gifted with. But in, um, at the same time, I didn't really understand how I could monetize on that. Yeah. So as I grew and experienced different things, like I was a dancer and a gymnast, I was very good at art, so I'm like, maybe I'll be a fashion designer, I had all these different things. Mm -hmm. But I was lucky enough to be given a blessing in disguise. I was injured in a dance competition. And that is oh. what directed me yeah. back to therapy. And it was like all of a sudden that light bulb moment, like, wow, this is exactly what I want to yeah. do. Because that feeling that I got, that, okay, I can, can continue my dance career for right. a little bit longer. I'm like, I want to give this to people. Because to be honest, I was a little bit depressed. I couldn't dance anymore. Mm -hmm. I was in pain. And I realized, like, wow, sometimes people have been living years yeah. like this. And nothing actually makes me happier than to help people live better quality of life. Mm -hmm. So for me, I was very driven in high school because I knew to get into the program, which my first program yeah. was athletic therapy, yeah. and that was Sheridan. And they um, historically primarily take people who have already, you know, done kinesiology yeah. or other university or college programs, oh, and then yeah. they get into it. So um, they okay. don't take many kids right out of like high school. Like straight out the gate, okay. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm like, you know what, I need to bear down. So like I graduated top of my class in high school, like I did nice. very, very well, and I went into athletic therapy, and then as fate would have it, I was taught by professors who were manual osteopaths and oh, cool. I just want to stop there for a second because one of my other pieces of advice for people in high school is you have mm -hmm. to try things that's the key isn't it yeah yeah I've you, noticed that that's yeah, a common thing that I've been saying and I've heard people say yeah it's so true because what happens is you either have just read about it 
or heard about it, and that is not the same no. thing as actually experiencing it. Yeah, it's a different and beast. Knowing. Absolutely. So it's just like shadow as many different types of professions as you think you are interested in. So if you want to go into engineering, my first, first question to you is yeah. have you shadowed an engineer? Do you actually know what they do all day? Or just the some... words sound nice and the paycheck looks good. Exactly. And it's just yeah. like, do you, because like you spend a phenomenal amount of time. It's an absurd in, amount of time. Exactly. Yeah. Working. So it's like, do you really want to spend the majority of your life hating what you're doing from a Monday to Friday? Yeah. Like, seriously, right? It's not a good way of living. No, no. absolutely not. But you don't really think about that when you're a kid. And no. so that's why I want to say just try things, try things, try things. Because the other point is that people think high school is like the best years of their life. Have you ever heard that saying? I've heard a lot of people say I, that. I really, I'm not one of those people, yeah, but I have heard that. I yeah. really dislike that saying. And I, and I want to like shatter that myth because yeah. if you think high school is the best years of your life, you're doing something wrong and I feel very sad for you. Yeah. Because four years is nothing. In, in your life, really. <laughs> yeah, it really isn't. You're you right. Should, you should use that four <laughs> years to yeah. understand who you are as a person. And even right. then, it's like you're going to continue to learn and grow, but it's like at least use those years to understand, okay, I like this, I don't like this, mm -hmm. I maybe want to get into this and that way. You're not crying during your grade 12 graduation because you're so yeah. stressed out that you don't know what you're doing and yeah. then you're going to waste 20 grand on an engineering program yeah. that you end up quitting. Right, and I don't mean to be picking on engineering. I have a lot oh, of I can engineering name three friends. people who fit exactly what you, into right. what you just said. Yeah, and and I say that because I'm brutally honest, and I don't like to sugarcoat anything, right. and I just want people to actually think about what they are doing, because the fact of the other reality is, is that when you're 17 and 18 years old, and you're expected to pick what you yeah. want to do for the rest of your life, you also have to understand that's absurd, because your prefrontal yeah. cortex doesn't even fully develop till you're like 25. 20s, meaning, yeah. yeah, meaning that your ability to make actual rational quote-unquote good decisions for yourself is not that great yeah. so at least if you try all these sorts of different things like we were talking about mm -hmm. then you stand a better chance is all I'm yeah. saying okay and that's I think now people would also be wondering why or how would you be able to do this during COVID right just with the way everyone's mm -hmm. very and even at the beginning of this where when I first reached out to you and we chatted a bit on FaceTime let's call yeah. it um Figuring out that we might, it's like, hey, I don't want to do a COVID test to do this show. Mm -hmm. but, so people are probably wondering, well, how can I go about doing or implementing what you talked about, where it's shadowing people and everything. And I almost want to make a separate YouTube video on this specifically, but I'll yeah. give it to you guys for free right now. <laughs> so it's, I don't say it weird, it's like create a podcast, do something along those lines, maybe not to that extent where you need to meet people, reach out to them, sit down, learn everything about them so mm -hmm. that it's good and other people could take away things from it, but more so just reach out to people exactly. in industries you want to be a part of. At the bare minimum, they'll give you a 30 minute, like Troy for example, right? Mm -hmm. Sick as a mutual friend between the two of us. Yeah. Looking, like just having the conversation on FaceTime with him and I, it was over an hour and it was like half of like mostly mental health and then some physical like athletic stuff in there and I'm like, this is incredible and this is just the me emphasizing that I don't want you to say that much to me so I can let it be a real time reaction mm -hmm. to what's going on when you do tell me on the show. And I'm like, guys, just reach out to people you admire, reach out to the people you want to learn from and you've heard about or heard from. <sighs> it makes a difference mm -hmm. and it's that easy. Yeah. It's 
almost silly how easy it yeah. is. Yeah, and, and, and sometimes the, the fear stops a lot of people, yeah. right? Like, oh, uh, I'm embarrassed to contact whatever, like a surgeon, because I'm interested in surgery. Oh, they're not going to have time, they're not going to have this. So it's like right away you have to stop with that because you don't know until you try. Yeah. And right, um, it's, it's very natural for people. I'm not actually, it's not even natural, it's actually self-learnt based on who you watch and who you hang around yeah. of, of like, you know, the negative thoughts that you have. But don't, what I'm trying to say is don't set yourself up for failure by assuming what the outcome is going to be. So it's like you have to just do and yeah. try not to think about what the reality is going to be. Because right. if you, it's better to do and try that it is to live in regret. Because I'm sure you've heard this yeah. saying, but you know, Discipline um, and discipline and just doing things weighs ounces compared to regret, which weighs mm. time. Right? Nothing. Nothing's yeah. worse than like, oh, I'm in this last program or last year of this program, and I'm not sure if I really like it. I really wish four years ago I just contacted that surgeon to see if I would have. You know what I mean? You just yeah. don't want to live like that. No way to live. Right. And now, how can people go about doing that in that? in this modern day with all the technology and all the helicopter parents and everything being on the phones and then the exact social anxiety is kicked up to 11. Mm -hmm. How do people go about, like, is it just as simple as reaching out to them or? Absolutely. Yeah. It's understanding that you don't have a choice of what the outcome is going to be, mm -hmm. right? And, um, you know, the, just it's, it's funny because he's kind of mentioned parents because unfortunately parents do have a lot of, I'll say, mental power over kids. Yeah. And I think at the end of the day, like, parents for the most part, they just want to see their child do well. And, you know, sometimes a parent will say, no, I want you to be a doctor or a lawyer or this or that. You can get a lot of external pressures, yeah. but you have to recognize at the end of the day is your mom or your dad, or your grandparents only want what's best for you. Right. And sometimes that can come across in a very stressful, um, in a very stressful kind of pressing way yeah. that doesn't make you feel very good but right, you if good. you and once you do succeed in what you truly want to do mm -hmm. then at that point in time they're going to be proud of you right, right? yeah and it's kind of like this it's this it's, it's like weird. this double face right it because weird, yeah. they're just gonna say yeah you know be a doctor but then you don't really like that at all and you stress yourself out and you waste like nine years of your life and yeah. you have this kind of resentment towards your parents well then you're gonna risk not having a good relationship with the rest of their life so it's mm. better to um, you know just kind of go against the grain try while you're young because mm. sometimes you know they you guys think that 20 to 25, 30 even is old, but it's yeah. really not. Extremely young. Yeah, you have yeah. to just try and give what you want to do the best shot possible because mm -hmm. then once you succeed, if you do, yeah. well then A, you'll know for sure even if you do fail. So that's the benefit that you're going to get. Yeah, and nice. if you do succeed, well then your parents are just going to be talking to everybody and know oh, mm -hmm. my daughter or son is so successful. Right? Yeah, doing so and so or whatever they choose to mm -hmm. do. and. Yeah. It's a weird, you're right, it is a really weird way of looking at it because the coin flips once you actually achieve yeah. it. You just have to go, it's that initial stage. Yes, and which there, is very yeah, uncomfortable for a lot of people. Super uncomfortable. Right. Yeah, and there was um, a quote I heard in a movie the other day. I was just kind of, I was playing guitar in the movie, just playing to play. And then I paused it and rewind, rewound it, and I believe it goes something like, 
it's better to uh, like it's better to consider opportunities now. And I think the character was speaking to like a younger character, and they're like okay. around like this demographic that I'm reaching or trying to reach at least. Um, and it was it's better to consider opportunities now while you're young than later on when life kind of limits mm -hmm. what you're able to do. And now you have kids, you have a mortgage, you have this, and you can't just drop what you're doing and go experience yeah. what overseas would be like because mm -hmm. yeah. you're living in the same city or you don't know kind of what you want to do or haven't, like you said, tried enough things. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. yeah. so that's a that's a very, very true quote for sure. Now, when you were in school, what was an experience that stood out to you that you remember when somebody <laughs> said, yeah, define your post-secondary experience? Ooh, I don't, I wouldn't really say there's just one, mm -hmm. um, but the one that comes to mind right away is I did a placement in Florida. So I was there for a few months because originally I, I wanted to work with professional athletes. So yes. I did. I worked alongside Dr. Bain. He is a sports chiropractor or still is the sports chiropractor for the Tampa Bay Lightning. And so I worked with multiple uh, different um high-level athletes in the professional world, so tennis players, basketball players, mm -hmm. football players, whatever, nice. like, yeah, this is what I want to do. But w the moment that I really learned, wow, maybe I need to reconsider, and again, this is where trying comes into play. I was at the University of South Florida, and there was this athlete that kept getting injured, so he kept getting a cyst in his hamstring, and what the surgeons would do, they just kept removing it, removing it, whatever. Oh. And so they let me assess the player, to see what was going on and I figured it out. What was happening was his hip was raised up a little bit too high. So if you don't really know anatomy, essentially the hamstring in the back attaches to the sit bone. Yep. And that's the same bone as like the, the crest of your hip up here. Yeah, okay. Okay, so it was yeah. actually shifted up. So what that did was it created a lot of tension. So mm -hmm. I just kind of manipulated it back down, whatever, and he just couldn't believe the difference he felt. But really? what in turn, what I thought was a very good thing for this athlete, well, it felt to the surgeons and the healthcare providers there that I was stepping on their toes a little bit. And I was like, you know what, maybe I just need to take a step back, master my skills even more, and that's when I continued into manual osteopathy, yeah. and then I also did traditional Chinese medicine and acupuncture as well. Nice, and, and I'm like, you know what, I'm just going to yeah. master my skills, and then maybe later on, if the timing's right, I'll go back, back to, yeah. into that. So Leave for that me, open. that sure. was kind of, I would say, the transition and kind of a pivotal moment, because sometimes you get so caught up in what you want, and what you sometimes have to do is just have that end goal, but whatever path you take to get there, it doesn't really matter. As long as you kind of have that end goal, whatever path f feels right, you just have to go with the flow mm -hmm. to, because you never know how you're going to no, you end don't. up getting there, right? Right. It's never mm -hmm. one set area yeah. or way of, to, way of getting there. Yeah. That's fascinating to mm -hmm. me. Yeah. So, how did that placement come about? Is that that's like a, is a four-year program? Again, again re, yeah, four-year program four -year. in athletic therapy. Nice. So that was my between my third year and fourth year yeah. placement. Yeah. So that was again, wow. like you know, like reaching out, speaking with different people, mm -hmm. and because I knew I wanted to do it, so I just kind of brainstormed. Okay, how do I get what I want? So yeah. that's um, another thing that's you want to take your mindset to instead of like oh, um, you know, like for example the best way to explain this is with money because people kind of understand that because a lot of time what people will say is oh I can't afford this or right. I can't afford that but really the question you should be asking yourself is how can I afford this 
what can I okay. do to afford this? So that yeah. way you take yourself from a defeated standpoint and a frequency mm. that doesn't yeah. allow you to attract that issue. Right, you gave life. up before you even tried. Exactly. Yeah. Now you're getting to a problem set kind of mindset where you are trying to figure out and yeah. therefore attract solutions huh. into your life. So for me, I'm like, oh, I want to work in the professional field. Um, but you know what? I'm a girl and, you know, I look a certain way. So, because you know, I had been told that before, by the way, that's why I say that I was told by a certain individual that by the way mm. I look, they wouldn't want me in the professional world and stuff like that. Yeah. So wow. that that's still a thing. That's a thing, right? Distraction, basically, to the office. I'll use that word um, from what they said. So it's um, pretty unprofessional. Um, but that's the reality of life. And you know what? Yeah. I have empathy for these people because they truly do believe that. And I'm not gonna yeah, really, you know what? I'm no. not gonna give energy because for I'm not. Yeah, that's the best way to deal with yeah, it. I'm yeah, I'm really not gonna give five minutes of energy like, to something that isn't or... gonna matter five years from now when I accomplish no, that goal, anyways. Yeah. But yeah. So what I was saying was that. I didn't listen to those people Smart. and I'm just like you know what how do I accomplish this mm -hmm. and because of that solution oriented mindset that I got into I took care and, and accomplished that and nice. fell into that wow. so can you explain for people who don't might not know manual Osteopathy? Mm -hmm. Am I saying it right? Yeah, manual osteopathy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, not Sweet. bad. Good for you. I read that kid. so many times. <laughs> manual osteopathy, or and I listened to it. So I was like, "Yeah, I need to nail this." So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. You did. Yeah. How? Thank you. How did that kind of? How did you steer into making that decision, and then kind of? How did that come to fruition? Mm -hmm. Tell me about that. So how I was uh, using your words like steered into that pathway was um, in athletic therapy. Most yeah. of my professors were actually manual osteopaths. Mm -hmm. And so after shadowing a ton of different people, I really did come to the conclusion like, yes, manual osteopathy is for me and that's what I'm going to go into. Mm -hmm. But what manual osteopathy is, because many people have no idea what that is. It's just, yeah. it's really surprising to me because once people try it, they're like, I can't believe I haven't heard of this before. Like, it, it, it helps works. me so much. And next thing you know, I end up seeing everybody in their family, right? And actually, um, just an interesting story when I was shadowing an osteopath as well. I asked him that very question, like, why don't people know yeah. more about osteopathy if it's so successful and has such a high success rate? And he said, well, that's just it. We really do rely on um, word of mouth. And because uh -huh. of that, what ends up happening is, you know, the mom knows her, her mom and whatever, and then this sister and then this friend, and then it just grows in that little bubble because osteopaths typically like manual osteopaths don't have to do a lot of advertising right and because of that it's just that little group that knows about it and it's not well known right and I'm like okay that's a very interesting way um, to okay. look at it because oftentimes yeah. um, the answer this individual gave me he said I decide to become a manual osteopath because when I was shouting chiropractors or whatever when they have a troubled mm. client that they just can't help that's when they refer. So like a manual osteopath typically is like the last resort uh, practitioner that often get referrals from other uh, practitioners mm -hmm. because they just can't help them. And so uh, to me, I was like, you know what? I want to be that for yeah. people because I, I, I love figuring out problems. I love the detective work of it. Mm -hmm. So because it, I constantly use my mind yeah. all day to solve problems because it doesn't matter whether I see I treat 12 back yeah. injuries that day. 
every single person I treat is different. Really? And that is why it's so interesting to me because I'm constantly using my cognitive uh -huh. skills to figure out what it is. Interesting. Yeah, so That's cool. to, to summarize, yeah. again, what osteopathy is because people, I'm sure, are still confused because yeah. I keep going back and forth. But it's like if you were to take a mechanical engineer, yeah. okay, so we're like mechanical engineers of the body. So okay, we cool. take a look at not only the muscles and the, the bones, but we take a look at the actual joint and the alignment and the pressure within the joint and the ligaments and the tension within the ligaments, the muscles and how they activate mm -hmm. and how they fire, how they're stabilizing or if they're overactive or underactive. We even take a look at the organs because organ restriction, by the way, can cause things like back pain, shoulder pain, neck pain, really? digestive issues, even anxiety, depression, okay. so, oh, yeah, um, um, and cranial bones as well. So a lot of people don't really realize the body has like a natural innate movement so as yeah. we essentially as we it's called inhalation and exhalation okay so essentially as we like inhale and it's not exactly lined up but basically as you inhale you see how mm -hmm. when you inhale you kind of expand out a little bit so yeah. literally the body is expanding out then as we exhale it kind of contracts back in, it goes back in and the brain yeah. the skull rather kind of has this like jellyfish type of movement so manual osteopaths have the knowledge and the skill set to actually gently manipulate the cranial bones and the alignments and that often why we have such success with migraines, headaches, post-concussion syndrome, even during concussions really? to help people through those stages. Wow, mm -hmm. okay. So yeah, it's just that we treat, we really do treat the whole body, nerves, blood flow, everything. So moving on to that a bit. So I've, there's this book, um, this buddy of mine named Dan told me about uh, a while back about, um, so he's a movement and fitness coach in Ottawa at this place called Human 2.0. And sweet place, really nice guy. I've worked with him before. And when he did the show, he mentioned this book by Katie Bauman, I believe. It was about the importance of movement in our lives. Mm. And I'm not Motion sure is lotion. Motion is lotion, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's the best. And it's, um, it's one of those things that I don't think a lot of people especially in our culture yeah in, in oh especially North American culture holy moly yeah. no there's no understanding or not as much as there should have been mm -hmm. should be of why is movement so important people put I like to be, I believe though people put so much emphasis on they need to exercise they need to get in shape look a certain yes. way feel a certain way yes and the anxiety of that drives them into a hole but what I've begun to learn and then this will come to my question, what, how movement is more important than exercise itself. Like there's a very different thing between the two and I think people and society more so is focused on the exercise of it where, oh, if I drive 20 minutes to work, work eight hours a day, nine hours a day sitting at a desk, drive 30, 20 minutes home, mm -hmm. I need to do my hour and a half workout will make mm -hmm. up for that. Mm -hmm. Of like go, go, go exercise, whether I'm doing it Semi right or not? Or sometimes they use yeah. it because they're too tired to even do it in the first place. That's yeah, the that's, a, that's, a, that's <laughs> another one. So, how important is movement, or should movement be in our lives? Okay, yeah. so that so that's just not like a a, a very simple question because. <clears throat> Um, you know, to live a healthy lifestyle in general, you have to be able to move because like our bodies are designed to move, period. I, I treat a lot of people who have pain simply because of the fact they don't move enough, really. Yeah. Okay. So 
but there, it's not just about movement, it's about nutrition. How well do you sleep? What are the relationships like in yeah. your life? Like, it, it's a whole kind of yeah. spectrum. It's not just, you know, if it really was just as simple as movement, you know, things would do a lot better. But you also have to understand and appreciate the understanding that exercise, even though it's good, it is a stress. It is a stress. So yeah. you have to kind of, to a certain extent, understand what phase you are in your life. Yeah. Because movement is always going to be important. Even walking 10 minutes a day, and there's tons of studies that support that, even walking mm -hmm. 10 minutes a day really helps health-wise, yes. like to decrease blood pressure, all that kind of stuff, right? So if you're going through a very high stress of your life, you know, like, you know, you may have had a family member who's experiencing something like cancer, heaven forbid, or, you know, your mm -hmm. child is experiencing troubles in school, yeah. or, you know, things aren't really working out with your spouse, or whatever the case may be, or you have a new job, you just got promoted, whatever, you have to understand that there's going to be dips and, and highs of, yeah. of stress in your life, so sometimes you may only be able to go for a 20 minute walk right. or a 10 minute walk and like you were saying the difference between movement versus intense exercise because sometimes you can actually surpass what's called a stress threshold so basically what that means and i spoke about this in my podcast yeah. right is we all have us a threshold mm -hmm. of once we pass stress at that that threshold all of a sudden the stress just becomes overwhelming and it will actually target a weak link in our body because then all of a sudden you're, you're going through so much stress in your life and you just, you're not recovering from that and you're just so close underneath mm -hmm. it, boom, all of a sudden you blow out your back and you have uh -huh. back pain. But really what you should have done is maybe scaled back your training a little bit to accommodate for that so you can just make sure that you're able to move properly so that you don't next yeah. thing you know do a deadlift that one time wrong with improper form. Yeah. So that's what blows your disc out and, and, and gives you an issue that then you now have to take months to recover yeah. and rehab. Right? So Definitely like how you said that the difference between movement and exercise because that's I think the understanding people have to take into consideration is that you don't just have to go, 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 go. No. And sometimes movement can just mean stretching or doing yoga or meditating and yeah. using your diaphragm properly or, you know, st stuff like that so that you yeah. don't stress your body out too much. Right, we can only deal with so much mm -hmm. of it for yeah. sure. That threshold, like mm -hmm. you said. Yeah. How important is using your diaphragm correctly? Oh, yeah. Now but yeah. not just for the yoga exercises yeah. specifically for breathing or meditation, but in general. Holy. So to understand the appreciation for that I'm just gonna give you as a quick anatomy awesome. lesson. Sweet. Okay, so for those who do not yeah. know what the diaphragm is, so we actually by the way we have five diaphragms in our body. Okay, right off the bat. Okay. The diaphragm you're talking about is the thoracic diaphragm, yeah. which is right underneath the rib cage. So essentially it wraps around the rib cage and it's a dome shape. So it's like an umbrella basically right underneath. And this attaches to the lower parts of your back. Mm -hmm. Okay, so that's the attachment there and it attaches to the outsides of your ribs. And essentially as you breathe, when you inhale properly, so when your belly goes out, the diaphragm should descend and flatten out to pull on your lungs so that you suck air in basically. Right. Okay. And then because of the pressure difference from the inside to the lungs to the outside, you just you automatically exhale. That's how it is. So if now say you're stressed and you're breathing like this, you're no longer yeah. breathing with that muscle. There's a couple things that are happening, and I'll just say it very, very simply because there's many, many things. But the two main things that happen is a you are now using your secondary breathing muscles, which are your neck muscles. Yeah. 
and you're breathing 20 to 24,000 times a day with your neck muscles. Your neck aren't designed to do that, so now you are creating neck tension and neck pain, what? neck discomfort. So that's number one. Wow. So you're potentially throwing off your neck, creating headaches for yourself, causing shoulder issues, causing nerve um, impingements, all sorts of things. Okay. Wow. And then the other thing is now this movement here, the diaphragm does. Yeah. What do you think that does to your organs? Well, it's descending your organs, it's squishing your organs yeah. a little bit, then lifting them back up and squishing. So it's actually a natural massage your organs get. So huh. that creates that kind of fluidity and keeps that fluidity because if you do not have enough movement, if you have, on the other end of the spectrum, too much movement, if there is direct trauma, you have food sensitivities or environmental toxins, that all creates inflammation in the organ system which then creates restrictions which it's just like the same as if you bunch up your shirt and really pull it tight well you can no longer pull your arm up but yeah. if you don't have that tension well then all of a sudden you're able to move so that and that's just like, like two that small things so it's just like yeah. if you breathe improperly you are really setting yourself <sighs> up for back pain neck pain like it, it's amazing actually how important yeah. breathing properly is now how long does it take to learn, would you say, to breathe properly it and like drill it into a habit, I should mm -hmm. say? So it, de it depends on the person. And what I mean by that, it depends how aware you are of your body. So I find generally the more aware you are of your body, meaning you have done some sort of exercise or you're an athlete or you're more aware of where your body is in space, okay. typically those people learn it a little bit faster and, and therefore, you know, don't have as long of a learning curve. Right. Whereas people who have no idea of body awareness, like mm -hmm. they don't really understand um, how to even activate breathing with their belly first off, mm -hmm. then they typically have to stick with it a lot more and consistently practice mm -hmm. just to create that habit. So like we're talking, that can be anywhere from like, uh, like a couple weeks to potentially years depending oh, on right. where the person is in their health They're journey. They're unaware. Mm -hmm. wow. Yeah. That's fascinating. Yeah, because at I the end of the day, that. really, like self-improvement, self-development, I'm sure you're learning this. Yes. That's an everyday, the rest of your life sort of Yeah. Thing. Like that's a commitment. It's just like you can't go to the gym, no. do 10 push-ups and expect to be ripped. Right? No. Like it's a dedication that you have to yeah. have and the self-development that you give to yourself is the same thing. Right. It's the, like you said a while back, the discipline. And I think discipline paired with this other thing, consistency, those two things will get Very you powerful. anywhere you want. Yeah. It's it's silly. Like on days you feel like crap and you just need to get in and you don't you don't want to work out or you don't want to move or you've had such a long day at the office, you want to just go home and lie down, it's like no you just go for a walk, you know, clear yeah. your head, get exactly. some fresh air. Instead of eating emotionally. That's the other thing, especially Scary more so thing for to women. Do. Yeah. More so for women, it, it's common, and the only reason why I say that is because like I I'll, I talk with people right all yeah. day as well when I'm treating them, and and yeah, that's that's the one thing you almost have to like unlearn, especially if that's a habit that you observed from your mother or your grandmother or mm -hmm. whatever, or even your your father or whatnot, right? Is that sometimes you have to really understand, okay, why am I doing these things, and then understanding what the actual reason is, because mm -hmm. people are. Scared a lot of the time to actually even reflect. And what I've noticed as a clinical uh, practitioner is people don't know why they have pain. Right. 
And once I go through yeah. the detailed history, like have you ever had a bad fall on your tailbone? Have you had a concussion? Like any organ issues? Like like I start asking really in depth question that most times mm -hmm. other places don't ask them. And then they start to say, oh, oh shoot, you know, like when I was 17 years old, I had a very bad fall on my tailbone. Actually, you know what? I actually broke my tailbone now that I think about it. Oh, shoot, maybe that's why now that I'm 40, I have back pain. And it's just like, whoa, to not yeah. even be aware of that. And then now imagine for something that's so kind of in your face because it's pain, right? It's hard to ignore. Yeah. But now, so imagine the subtle things people do, like... Um, like demean themselves or always thinking mm -hmm. negative thoughts or, or whatever or not actually appreciating who they are not really thinking that they deserve something yeah. where do you think that stems from well it's the same exact thing it's just like people you have to be willing to be uncomfortable temporarily for the long-term gain yeah. that you understand what is going on because people are scared to do that People are scared, oh, wow, yeah. you know what, my mom <laughs> messed me up when yeah. I was a kid. Or, or this one experience I had with said teacher actually really like affected my confidence as mm. an adult. But you don't really recognize that yeah. unless you're willing to reflect and go deep yeah, to understand. Deep reflection, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and, uh, and you know what, that can have an effect on their pain, because I will treat some people, um, especially in the shoulder, and I'm going to do a podcast of this in, in the near future, but um, the shoulder actually will hold a lot of emotions, and I have had a handful of people come in to see me, and I'm asking all the questions, this and that, the, basically we come to the conclusion, like, okay, why do you actually have the pain? Yeah. So then I start asking them emotional questions or things that have happened, like, um, you know, like, ha you know, like, what has happened around the time when you first felt that, you know, like, s whether that be stress or whatever, and then they start thinking, oh, shoot, yeah, maybe this is emotional, because yeah. people don't really have wow. appreciation that emotions have a huge effect. Now, think about it. If you're about yeah. to, you know, all of a sudden you're, you're daydreaming, right? And you all of a sudden you see red lights in front of you, you're crap, and you automatically hit the brakes and you have that jolt of adrenaline and you feel it right in your gut. Yeah. Well, that has affected you right there, right? So now right. imagine an emotion that's just dwelling inside your body. Ooh. And I find, yeah. and I don't know this to be certain, but this is from what I think and I feel and based on my intuition and treating clients that I have, is the body sometimes, not always, will keep emotions, you know, in the knee or the shoulder or whatever, or mm -hmm. in the back, to protect the mental health from you developing unhealthy thoughts. Whoa. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Right. That's wild. Right? Because mental health is such a huge thing, and unfortunately, yeah. you know, suicide sometimes is a, a result of, of people's thoughts, right? Based on certain things. So sometimes people will develop cysts or things yeah. like that, again, based on what I have observed. Mm. And I think, again, it is the body trying to protect this space, right? Because at the end of the day, we're still driven to just survive. Right. Right? So if your body can, you know, give pain to your shoulder as opposed to affecting your mental health, it will do that. Wow. What an interesting thought, eh? Yeah, it's just some, like, thinking back to at the beginning of what you said with thinking of how the shoulder and how that could be connected, and then you ask one emotional question, then you got more out of that than, like, ten physical questions. Yes. And that almost made me think of, because now I'm starting to reflect on, like, mm -hmm. injuries I've had in the last, like, six to eight months where I'm like, okay, I really had a bad back for a couple months. But I didn't really do much to it. Like, I lied on a lacrosse ball for a bit, like, foam rolled a bit. And I'm 
pretty big on that recovery stuff. I'm still new to doing it correctly, mm -hmm. let's say. Um, but recovery is serious with me. Whereas thinking about it and how connected our body is with emotions, I always used to think of it as something, I'm sure I'm not the only one, it is something completely separate. Like there's your emotions, your mental state, and then how your physical state and everything is affected differently. Like, oh, I'm hurt my knee, but I can still feel good about my day. But my, I would have never thought that would yeah. all connect. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, and not all the time, not all the time. Yeah. Right? But I'm just saying it definitely is something that you have to be aware of because it, it is possible. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's fascinating. Yeah. Like, oh, like I'm telling you, we yeah. haven't even scratched the surface of what our bodies actually do. Like, it's phenomenal, really. Like, I, I learn something new every day yeah, treating no my clients. Because that's literally all I do. Yeah. <laughs> Quite literally. Do you have, um, like, a fascinating experience with a client or almost like a breakthrough moment with one? I've had many. Yeah. I, I've had many. I've had people cry in my office because um, they finally feel validated that someone um, understands what they're going through. So wow. just real quick, like best, ex yeah, just yeah. best example for that. Um, and again, like I had many, but along the same lines. So this uh, one client, since she can remember, she's had vertigo. And for those who don't know what vertigo is, it's basically the feeling of being dizzy. Okay. Mm -hmm. And she's been experiencing this from when she was young to now and we're talking like 40 years okay that's yeah. a long time to experience that that's quite she a while saw yeah specialists and and like doctors and and this and that she's been to all sorts of different clinics and basically everyone was telling her it's all in your head and and so as fate would have it i end up you know treating this certain individual's husband and she was asking me questions because she was a little bit i would say skeptical yeah. Rightfully so, because of all that she's experienced and many people who say, well, yeah. I can help you, I can help you, I and can help can. you. Yeah. Exactly. And um, so she starts asking me questions rough, left, right, and center, and yeah. I answered and almost nailed to what she described every single one. Oh, wow. And so she is very interested. And so, again, manual osteopaths, like, they're, we're very in tune. So, like, I just touched her head, and I'm like, okay, so your head is literally spinning this way. I'm like, do you feel like you're always spinning to the left? And she looks at me, she's like, yeah. And next thing you know, from um, going through different assessments and this and that, what we discovered yeah. was when she was four years old, she was in a motor vehicle accident. That was back in the day when you didn't have to wear seatbelts, right? So she was in a motor vehicle accident. What basically happened, she was thrown to the ground, thrown up to the ceiling of the car, and then thrown back down to the floor. She was four. And so now imagine what that did to this poor developing skull. Oh, it no. actually changed the positioning of her skull bones. And so we have a fluid inside our skull what? called cerebral spinal fluid. Yes. And yeah, what that, that fluid does is essentially it gives buoyancy to the brain. You yeah. know, it's basically allowing it to float inside our skull, but it gives it nutrients, protection, um, whatnot. And essentially this will flow up and down the spinal cord about four to six times a day. And it does that from that pump mechanism. Remember I was telling you about like that jellyfish yeah. type of thing? And so um, that's yeah, the system as, that causes that. Exactly. Okay, so yeah. as this is kind of pumping through, that is what pumps the cerebral spinal fluid up and up and down. But now imagine wow. her skull's reshaped. Yeah. How well do you think that pump's actually going to be working? Well, maybe 40%. I don't know, to don't be honest, know. but she had enough pressure inside her head from the buildup of cerebral spinal fluid oh. that that was creating pressure and giving her symptoms of this dizziness oh, that no. people described as quote-unquote vertigo. And so what I did was just gently uh, manipulated and re uh, rearranged 
for lack of better term, her skull to then make it work properly, and all of a sudden, boom, within three treatments yeah. after 40 yeah. plus years of experiencing that, gone. And now I only see her about once a year for maintenance. Just to make sure everything's still. Yeah. Well, yeah. congratulations. I'm like that's incredible. Yeah, but you have wow. to like I, I appreciate yeah, you I'm saying that, her. but like I'm I'm a huge believer. Like it's it's yeah. not me. Like I, I'm definitely happy I'm able to do that, but I I I'm it's really just a catalyst. Yeah. Yeah. And, and manual osteopathic were really just Man, catalysts to to this treatment because yeah. it's literally the person's body that's telling me what they need, and oh, I'm just doing it. You just do it. Yes. Right. You're yes. And yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. That's wild. That's oh man, I never. Yeah, and a lot of people don't really. Experience. Yeah, and and there's been many like that. So like the other craziest one that I can think of just right now off the top of my head is, you know this term sciatica? A lot of people yeah. loosely throw this around. I have another podcast on that because there's a difference between sciatica yeah. versus piriformis syndrome and whatever. Okay. But basically, this lady had numbness, tingling, and burning going down her leg into her toes. That's what true sciatica is. Okay. And she had x-rays and this and that. Nothing really confirmed that, you know, it really was a disc or there was a slight issue, but nothing that should have caused the pain that she was feeling. Right. And so I'm, I'm assessing her this and that, and I'm like, you know what? It, it's your organs. Like, there's an incredible amount of tension in your large intestine that's compressing the nerves there. And so when we're actually doing treatment and trying to alleviate Whoa. that tension, yeah. she'll feel shooting pain down into her leg. And and Ooh. and a lot of people would find that what like how are do the organs have anything to do with the nerve that's right in the back of your glute? Yeah. Well, think of the relation, right? If you look at an actual skeleton, you pull up a picture of like the skeleton and, and the pelvis, and if you see the sciatic nerve and then the organs, like they're very closely related. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's another interesting one for you. Wow. Mm -hmm. That stuff's yeah. fascinating. Mm -hmm. Wow. And you're able to, and now it's similar where it's maintenance stuff whenever you see them? or Yeah, maybe, and yeah. the nature with their job, though, um, they're, they're, they're a nurse, so it's very demanding physically. Yeah, it sounds So it, it's, it's, it's kind of tough there sometimes when you can't really give up what you have to do just to survive. Yeah. So it's like kind of doing band-aid work just to kind of keep her going, yeah, unfortunately. Yeah, keep but, so it's clear to me that you're very well, like you're good at what you do. It's because I love what I do. Yeah. That's the secret. It, 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 it really love. is. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's about truthfully, to, to be happy what we were saying earlier, is that, you know, high school is, you know, a stepping stone or should be a stepping stone into understanding what you want in life because sometimes college isn't going to be for everybody. Nope. You know, yeah. I had to go to college for what I did, mm -hmm. um, but, um, you know, if you can figure out a way to monetize and make money on something that you love... You got it made. Yes, yeah. you really do. How did you, like how, how the uh, business of heat come into fruition? Hmm. So that's actually one thing that I want to offer eventually one day is to teach healthcare providers actually how to run a business because we're not taught that at all. Ooh, I man. was very lucky however again like if you kind of set in your mind what you want you just attract experiences into your yeah, life. Yeah you that put that energy out it comes you to you. Do. Yeah. Like, it, it's just so true it's just like um, like, like look it up people say look, the law of attraction whatever you want to call it. It absolutely real. is real. And um, I was blessed with a, a phenomenal professor who's a millionaire himself 
great, great, great businessman. And nice. he taught us over 200 specific business lectures of what we need to do as a business owner to succeed. And I've implemented virtually everything that he said. And obviously, too, like I'm, I'm very driven in my driven in my own sense. I've yes. done a lot of like I've read so many books. Yeah. And like you have no idea. Like, well, I should say listen to so many audiobooks because I'm very auditory. Yeah. Again, it's all about being self-aware. Like I, I'm not a fan of reading. I don't read for enjoyment anymore. Unfortunately, college just destroyed that for me. Yeah, it has but yeah, fact. listening, so that's why I love podcasts. Yeah. Listening has really um, been a game changer for me. So because of that, I was able to read a ton of books. But yeah, like I seriously went into my business already knowing what my business was going to look like. Nice. So I never really had the fear, like fear, like the feelings of fear, which, you know, my, well, my mom in particular, love my mom. But she was like, where are you going to come up with all this money? Like, yeah. you need X amount of money per month just to pay your bills. And this, like, mom, money is everywhere. It's everywhere. It's easy to acquire, actually. Yeah. You just yeah, have you to figure out that stream. Like, like it really, it's everywhere. And that, that's a common misconception people have. It is, like, sometimes, depending on the, the um, mindset that you were raised about money, mm -hmm. you either feel negatively against money or you feel positively against money, yeah. depending on how you're raised. And unfortunately, like, my father was amazing with that. Like, I was never told, and I don't want to sound, like, all spoiled, but I was never told no. Like, I was always able to do whatever I wanted. Like, I, I was very, very grateful in that regard. So because I grew up like that, I grew up um, with the reality in my mind that money is always there, it's easy to get all that kind of stuff you just have to work hard to do that mm -hmm. and so I, I just made that happen yeah mm -hmm. okay well, so then you were able to take kind of the lessons you had learned learning business from this professor and mm -hmm. able to transfer it into yeah and, that, and that's just it, what it was it was a very easy transition for me and it's just like I again I knew what my end goal was and I'm mm -hmm. still going towards that end goal right. and and now it's just you don't you just start to again attract different things into your life that will just help you to go down that path even further to accomplish that goal. That's that's really all it is. Like it, it seems like it's such a general answer, but it, it it's I don't want to say it's easy, but it's that simple. It's simple, not yes. easy. Yeah, because yes. you said it, you're like you just got to work hard. Yeah, if you know. Yeah, and like it's mm -hmm. the hard work. It's yeah. the problem. Yeah. People want to jump that. They want mm -hmm. like the next quickest thing. I think it's because that, people yeah. don't enjoy the process. Because they don't love what they do. Yeah. I think that's a yeah. big issue. It, it could be for sure, but it's just like, yeah, you have to be so into your process and just love what you're doing or try to figure out as best you mm -hmm. can. Because yeah, it, it's a it's a long road to just do something for money or to just do something for yeah. a certain goal that's so superficial when it doesn't fulfill you mm -hmm. in any way. Right. Mm -hmm. Because you have to recognize too, unfortunately people will think money will solve problems no. and money will make them happy or whatever, but the reality of it is, and I, it's funny that we're even speaking of this now because I spoke to a close friend recently about this because he's like, oh, if I had this, I wouldn't be in yeah. this predicament. And it's just like, no, you would be in this exact predicament. It would just be even more so because what money yeah. does is it exposes things. So if you're not happy to the core, you'll be even worse off if you have 
money. Right, it's a bigger scale almost. Yeah, yeah. It's, so it's just like what you have to understand is you have to do so much self-development and understand who you are as a person and be content with yourself so that once you do get there, then it, it then it's just second nature and it's not and it's not so overwhelming that yeah. your problems end up becoming a, a bigger skill because the, the reality is, is and, and you can read this in books, one of my uh, favorite writers is Brian Tracy. He He's a, a really good writer. He wrote The New Psychology of Achievement and that's like one of the first books I ever read in terms of self-development yeah. and I've probably listened to that book around like 11 Multiple times. times yeah. yeah, and and one quote that he uh, basically says in that is you have to understand who you are as a person and I'm paraphrasing again but you basically have to understand who you are as a person because if you don't then you are just going to make more money and just get a license to have bigger problems you solving oh. these little problems now just gives you a license to solve bigger problems later on yeah, yeah so that's why it's that's so important right. to have that solution oriented yeah. mindset Interesting. I'm definitely, this is one that I know for a fact I'm going to go back and listen, not just to edit, but to like listen to it for like learning purposes cool, as well. Cool, because yeah, that's really yeah. my intention, right? Like I said earlier, like it's so cool how you do yeah. this because yeah, this is this is knowledge I wish I had when I was 17 or 18. Yeah, me too. Right? You know, yeah. So, and yeah. I think my girlfriend says it best. She says, like, because she wants to, she's studying to become a teacher, and I asked her why, and I always feel when I go, like, oh, you know, why are you studying this? Why are you learning that, right, mm -hmm. with post-secondary school? Everyone gives kind of like a, well, I'll make money, or, oh, because my parents, like, she's like, well, I struggled, so I want to help people not struggle. Exactly. And I was like, it was simple, but I was like, yeah, but that's such a beautiful... It is. It needs to be. Yeah, that's such like a, a beautiful place it's coming from because it's yeah. really coming from with a purpose. Yes. Right? Because... It has to be. Yeah, it's a deep purpose, right? It's, it's kind of like how I found what I wanted to do because I wanted to be that person that helped people get through yeah. a difficult point in their life with their pain, mm -hmm. right? And, and your, your girlfriend, she sounds like she wants to be that teacher that makes such an impact on students that it, yeah. you know, makes them feel better about themselves, and that's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, I'm excited to see how it goes in. But um, what you have your own show, right? Mm -hmm. How'd you get? How'd you get into podcasting, Michelle? Let me know. Okay, so that's that's a very long-winded question. Oh, so I I again, I'm a business owner. I try to think out of the box because um, the thing is, when you're an entrepreneur, right now, to mm -hmm. be honest, I am an employee in my own business. But a true entrepreneur has people working for them. That is a natural business. Right. Right? And so um, I'm trying to do all that I can to set myself up for my future goals. Because ideally, what I truly want in the end, because I love treating my clients and all that kind of mm -hmm. stuff. But the fact of the matter is, because it's so physical, I won't be able to do that forever. Right. But I then want to convert to still continue to give my knowledge to others by traveling and teaching around the world whether that be business yeah. or the skills that I have learned manually because right. um, because I, I'm so in tune and I think I've been doing it for so young I don't just think oh I have to do this technique for this specific injury yeah. for me I'm like how do the tissues feel what does this person need from me and I want to yeah. teach that aspect of it because it's a, it's it, it really is a, a different approach 
two to two treatments. So um, yeah, so that is why I thought podcasts would be a good way to reach a different worldwide, mm -hmm. um, like like potentially like a worldwide audience, right? So I want to be known everywhere over the world. I wanted to start putting those. Um, you know, frequencies out to the universe to attract that. Mm -hmm. So I, I started at first interviewing people like like you have yeah. yourself, and then I thought, you know what, I want to focus on just explaining what osteopathy is a little bit more, and then that's why recently, if you've yeah. noticed, if you listen to my podcast, I've transitioned in just explaining yeah. about what certain things are, yeah. um, because you know people do grasp different perspectives once they listen to my podcast about yeah. why they have their injuries. Absolutely. And so, yeah, so I've kind of graduated certain um, certain things, and I'm just playing around with it, and I, and I honestly believe it's better to just do, and even though it's not perfect, it's better just to do it, because then, as you go, you will learn. And yeah. that's why I've kind of yeah. graduated slowly. I think I just released my 65th podcast yesterday. Yeah, congratulations. And I, I've been pretty consistent. I've yeah. been doing it weekly, and I'm just trying to bring value to people at the end of the day. And I'm just trying to, uh, you know, use that to attract other future goals mm -hmm. into my life. And I think that is so cool that you're doing that. And I know of maybe a handful of people mm -hmm. in the city who have one. But I mean a handful, not just who have one who do one, one every couple months when they, mm -hmm. when all their buddies are to get. No, it's like consistent, doing yeah. it for the right reasons, yeah, like you said, putting in the work. Discipline and consistency. Yeah, mm -hmm. it's like I'm trying to do at least one a month, but then it gets tricky, especially when you reach out to people who don't follow you, you or don't know you. Mm -hmm. Then it's they just who knows, especially depending on who they are, if they're famous or what their background's like, or if they even use Instagram that much or Twitter and stuff. So, but I think the strategy for it, at least for, especially for young people looking to build a network and make friends mm -hmm. even. Like-minded friends. Like-minded friends, which I think I'm going to use that more now when people ask me about, mm -hmm. well, what's the benefit of doing the show? I'm like, well, like-minded friends, because yeah. now there's people I talk to every couple days that are just, mm -hmm. they're thinking on a different frequency, frequency yeah, mm -hmm. and it's yeah. fascinating to get on the same frequency of that, or even just peek at it, mm -hmm. and then you come back to this world that you're used to living in, and I even think, since starting the show, I've like lost friends, but ref had a chance to reflect on the friendship mm -hmm. of, friendships I've lost, and gone, well, this isn't that big of a loss. Mm -hmm. Everyone can then, come with you, but not yeah. everyone can go with you. Interesting. It, yeah. it's, and, and you know yeah. what? Like that, that saying, which I can never remember how it goes, but essentially say, you know, some people will come into your life for a very short period of time, mm -hmm. but you, I don't think at the end of the day anything is a waste of time because you always learn something. Yeah. You know, there's always a gift always. to be learned from every situation, yeah. even if you perceive it to be negative. Right. right? Mm -hmm. So, um, and, and it's up to you to understand what that lesson is. But I really want to jump into that a little bit further, what you just said about, yes. um, you know, the friendship. Because in high school, the, the people that we're talking to right now, they could be experiencing these issues right now. Like, especially, like, you have to understand, if yeah. you have a lot of goals for yourself, mm -hmm. most people, unfortunately, do not have that mindset. 
weird. Yeah, and, and you know what? And it's because most people aren't visionaries. And you know what? It's so fine and dandy for someone like me. Like, I'm a visionary through and through. Yeah, like, I absolutely. live, like, I, I live definitely in the present moment. I really try to be conscious of that because I know I have the tendency to always try to mm -hmm. live in the future because I'm very goal oriented. Yeah. But you know what? When you surround yourself with people who are not like that you have to understand that these people will bring you down mm -hmm. so if you want something phenomenal for your life you have to think who are the five closest friends yeah. in my circle and what are they doing because there are many, and it's not just me saying this, there are many, many successful people and what in this definition I'm going to define as successful people, yep. I'm saying millionaires and billionaires, yep. and you can listen to almost any interview with these individuals and they will say, show me your five closest friends and I'll show you exactly what your future is going to look like. Yeah. And, yeah. and you know what, and, and it's so true because I don't know, like, because I think what you, I heard one of the podcasts, you went somewhere to Australia or something, or, or no, you didn't go to Australia, that was another individual. Yes, were, Jen did. Yes, yeah, you, were, you were like backpacking or you were going on different experiences. Yeah, it was Europe. Yeah, yeah. And, right, we you, back and forth yeah, yeah. you learn different things from different cultures, and now all of a sudden it's you incredible. come back yeah. and you realize, wow, like these people who have never left Sudbury have such a narrow-minded view on life. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You have to understand, like if you <coughs> just want to be here and you just want to get by in life yeah, and you, you just want to provide for your family, yeah, there's nothing wrong with that. If that's no. what makes you happy, you want to make $40,000 a year and be the coach of your kid's soccer team team and do stuff like that and that's what makes you happy good job yeah. like, that's awesome but if you want like uh, to to do something more yeah. uh, and I say that in quotations air quotations here for those who are just listening to the podcast like if you want to do yeah. something more through life you have to recognize you can't do those things you can't be around people who only think like that yeah you have to be around right. people who want to do if not the same similar things or and like you said like I've Mm -hmm. I want to go somewhere new every year and I don't I want to leave the country every single year yeah. until I've gone to the mall and then we'll start again. Yeah. But it's um it's a crazy thing to think too especially mm -hmm. now with covid but anyways I have a like I have friends of mine who haven't gone anywhere other than like the US and Canada but then at the same time they want to do it. They have mm -hmm. this drive to do it and they're like hey I want to go I want to go here mm -hmm. I want to go here like next summer let's go here and then well covid is and it's, hey let's go here. <laughs> then it's yeah staying away like you said finding the people where it's not bad that they want to live a certain way exactly you can respect that but it's not going to help you get to where you want to go especially if it doesn't align with your goals yeah especially yeah then. yeah absolutely because yeah it's, it's not like yeah and i don't want to make a point to this like we're not yes. downing anybody but it's a serious sometimes uncomfortable reflection you mm -hmm. have to really do because you know it's not a popular decision it's nope. not a popular decision to say to your buddies no I am not coming out tonight because mm -hmm. I have things to accomplish and this is what's called herd um, like herd um, manipulation or group think yeah. okay so what happens and it's a survival tactic so say you have your your closest buddies and they're like you know we're all going out tonight and we want you to be there but you're like no man like I have to go and I have to do this podcast yeah. and I have to prepare for this prep podcast for yeah. more like I got to do this stuff because you in it's your happens. mind you see your yeah. vision and you know what you have to do to get there but they are looking at you and that's a threat you are now 
giving off behaviors that are not like everybody else. And so, yeah, you have to understand that, yeah, that is called, it's not herd immunity. I'm, I'm probably thinking that herd because of like every, but yeah, yeah, it might, be, it might be herd mentality, but there's yeah. a specific name for it. But basically, you have to recognize that that is going to be the natural instinct that people mm. are going to do because it's literally a survival tactic. Like when you start displaying characteristics yeah. that aren't of the group norm, right. then that is mean they will literally try to get you to, oh no, just just come out, just come yeah. out. Even know? if what you're doing yeah. isn't wrong. Yes, but yeah. they perceive it to be wrong because it's not it's what not the group what the is group doing. So it's very doing, important eh? to recognize that. And to be Interesting, honest, yeah. I have a very small group of friends, mm -hmm. a very incredibly small group, and mm -hmm. I have a phenomenal partner yeah. in my life, and we support each other. That's because amazing, yeah. he he came from Italy, so he's Canadian, but he came oh, from wow. Italy. Oh, yes, my so partner, yeah, my partner is Italian, and um, so he has recognized since he's moved to Canada, he has yeah. lost an incredible amount of friends, and and you can wow. tell probably about the energy that I have. Like I'm, I'm like, yeah, you got to do this, this, this. So he's improved yeah. so much, and I, I'm so proud of him because now he's yeah. doing so many yeah. things and he's achieving his goals and That's whatnot. Amazing. But he Good we recently had a conversation about this, and yeah, he's lost. I'm gonna say I'm gonna again gonna put in quotations lost friends because when you do reflect and you realize these relationships were based on partying and all these sorts of things yeah. that weren't necessarily quote unquote real. Right, not a good, not yeah. the best foundation. Yeah, yeah. and that's oftentimes in high school what your friendships are based on. Yeah, now that I think about right? it, I'm, yeah. Yeah, and so yeah, you just it's just something to be aware of. I'm not saying you can't continue to be friends yeah. with people in high school. Because I have, a, again, like a very small group that I still am. But it's just uh, the fact of, of the matter is, is people can't always go with you. They can come with you, but not mm -hmm. everybody could. And, and, and the other reality is something to just be prepared for, for those people, you know, who do have a lot of aspirations, is that sometimes initially the people who support you at the beginning mm -hmm. are the people who will bash you and try to tear you down later. Yeah. And that is a very sad thing, and you may be thinking yeah. to yourself, like, wow, I just can't see my best friend doing that. Oh, no, I, yeah. But you have to understand, jealousy is a real thing, that, yeah. and you know what? Unfortunately, that's sometimes inevitable, mm -hmm. but you also have to think about it again as a gift. You have to turn it around. What's the yep. gift? What's the lesson here? And obviously, that person really never was that supportive of you to begin with. Mm -hmm. Especially, I have one where a friend of mine, I'm going to leave his name out of it, but um, people who know me like my like you said like close knit friends people will know this person but it was a almost it was an intimidation of what i'm doing mm -hmm. and that on top of like it's being aware and then the energy you're giving off where it's i might not feel i'm an intimidating friend to have mm -hmm. and i like to feel i'm pretty like easy going adaptable whatever we're doing let's do it let's have fun 110 percent you know then it's like hey let's do this but I'm similar to you in terms of visionary. Like I don't see it as like episode one. Ep oh, okay, I want to get to. Oh, mm -hmm. What am I doing? It's all right. The what process. do I exactly? The process is fun. Like this is fun. This is the process of it, and then getting to that vision where, and then accomplishing the goal of the show, so that people are able to now understand what to do and how to make the best versions of themselves. Like right away, not mm -hmm. oh, I'm in my mid thirties. Let's start now, mm -hmm. or I'm in my early twenties. Well, there's nothing wrong with starting no, at that point in time because it's better to start than not at all, exactly. right? But but yeah, yeah I get what discovering you're that Absolutely. awesome. Yeah, it's uh, being aware of those people, and I don't know how. And believe me, it's hard to because there were there are obviously like red flags 
that go up with friends. But because you like you love them, you've been friends for like 10, 15 years, mm-hmm. you want that relationship to stay. But unfortunately, yeah. the relationship and the foundation that you created that friendship into the first place is no longer the same now that you are improving and self-developing yeah. and changing. Right, so that that false expectation that you have to maintain friends with people that with the you know with the you have to maintain friendships with the people based on who you used to be, mm-hmm. it's kind of impossible if you think about it, unless yeah. that person is also changing with you. Which I do now that saying that I'm sure you can think of, and I can think of a few people in our lives that. They fit that mold. Mm-hmm. Like I've been friends with them for eight years, mm-hmm. but they're also on the same. Like they want to invest in this, they want to yeah. learn that, they want to yes. build this, they want to try that, travel here, do that. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, man, they're working two jobs, figuring this out, going through school again. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. I'm like okay, I'm not gonna scrape you out of the fun, fun pile of people to hang out with. <laughs> but it's, yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. So you're very, you do a lot of things. You have your YouTube channel. You educate people. You make the time to come on my show again. Grateful. Um, not to mention business owner, I'm sure you spend a lot of time like self-developing and learning as well, mm-hmm. getting your exercise, your movement, your fitness and healthy life in, but how do you manage your time? Because I'm always fascinated about that when it comes to people like you. By not judging myself. And what that. I mean by that is initially what I was speaking about, you know, when you're going through different times in your life and things are very stressful. Mm-hmm. Time management and even work-life balance is different depending on the point in time you are in your life. Okay, mm-hmm. so I would say recently I feel like I have a better grasp of I know I'm confident with where my business is going. So now I'm I'm more confidently getting into my gym routine again mm-hmm. and all these sorts of things. Whereas before. What would have happened, it would have been like, oh, I have to, you know, run a business, start my YouTube channel, do this, do that. I've done everything so progressively and at such, um, like, as fast as I could within reason of not stressing myself to the point I get so um, traumatized and paralyzed with all the things I have to do. Right. So, so I, I and, and again, like I listened to podcasts. So recently I listened to one on Mind Valley, which is a very good podcast, by the way. And there's um, this whole a different outlook because time management is, there's a misconception mm-hmm. with time management. So what I mean by that is sometimes people have calendars with time yep. blocks and they need to do this, this, and this, and yeah. this, and this, and this. But actually it's shown and even proven in studies that people who just don't like schedule every single thing and make to-do lists in their calendar, they just actually open up time slots of when they can do things and then they just get things done in that short period of time. So basically, interesting. Yeah, it's like a reverse. Yes, and, and so and time. so it's interesting because I've always had to do lists, but I've so never I. said, "Yeah, I got to get this done in twenty minutes and this done in an hour." Yeah, I have an hour to do guitar, yeah. hour to do training. Yeah, yeah, but but re- and it's funny because I've been doing this since forever, and I didn't realize this until this podcast. And I think it's one of the reasons why I've gotten so much done is because I just kind of like again write out my goals. I, I write my goals out and I. Try try to read them as often as, as I can and basically what I'm trying to do is I'm giving myself time slots and I'm saying okay I'm gonna do this here and do this here but not saying okay I need to get this done tomorrow and and, and you know get this done in three hours and do all yeah. this kind of stuff because then it just kind of gives yourself 
or gives yourself too much of a, of a stressful kind of situation, right. you have to realize that yes, you are human and whatever, yeah. but you are ultimately, if you are honestly doing the best you can, that, that's what that's you can good. do. But yeah. push yourself because, yeah. you know, you honestly, and I wrote about this in my book because I'm writing a book as well right now, nice. but I, I speak to the fact that you do not know how much you're capable of until you push yourself because you'll have, that's why I kind of find it, it's contradicting because you'll have many successful people sitting, you know, a chair like and talking like you and I are. And they'll say, you know, you do have to take time for yourself and this and that. And I've had even successful business owners as I'm treating them tell me, you know what, Michelle, like you work a lot. Like you got to give yourself a break. But again, that work-life balance for that individual has changed as they became more successful and more confident in their role. Yeah. So initially they were doing the exact same thing I was. They right. were working 16 uh, hours a day yeah. and then, you know, only having a few hours to do that. But again, yeah, work-life balance is different. It's de Balance does not mean equal. Okay. Balance Whoa. does not mean equal, and that is what people stress out about. It does not mean equal. As ah, you transition through mind. your journey, right? Yeah. It's an aha moment. As you train, and that's what I realized the past balance like couple years. Yeah, balance does not that's mean not equal. That's not 50-50. No, what? and that's what that's, that's what throws yeah. people off. Right? Yeah, you say. Yeah. And, yeah, and so um, yeah, you just have to be open-minded and aware that yeah, as you go through different you know, transitions, I'll call them, in your life, yeah. then things will change. Because right now in my life, I'm focused on my goals. I'm not thinking of my family right now. Like, I'm not, I don't have kids, nothing like that right now. I'm not thinking, like, that's not where I am right now. So I'm working my butt off as much as I can to get the goals that I want done because I recognize that I won't have that same type of work-life balance when I have kids, oh, right? Yeah. You're taking so, advantage of the transition you're in now exactly. before you get to the yeah, next Yeah, so never feel guilty <sighs> about that. And that's why I said how not I get things done is I don't judge myself oh. because balance yeah. is not equal. Balance is not equal. Mm -hmm. Wow. I love that. I love that a lot. I'm definitely going to use that. Can I use that? Yeah, again? absolutely. <laughs> okay, I'll give credit here and there for sure. So, oof. Um, do you have any kind of like closing points or closing things you want to make and then I know I'll get you on again I'm sure if, as long as you're willing to do it of course um, when your book is ready and come out but uh, actually what is that like what has that process been like Are you at like the beginning stage of it or yeah, so I've been working on this thing for for years yeah. so because um, I've just kind of been collecting different things and experiences that I've learned that I believe has helped shape my mentality to what it is today and I and mm -hmm. I truthfully give um, like all like all the credit to the mentality that I have for the success that I have yeah. and the drive that I have based on what I've learned and so that was kind of the idea of this book is to just put all that in black and white or into audio form once I do yeah. that uh, but just to right because what I, what resonates with me may not resonate with you. And right. even though like people are telling me, oh, there's so many books like that, Michelle, why are you even doing that? Again, like people sometimes will just tell you things in your best interest when they have no business telling you certain things. Because yeah. when you have a vision in your in your mind, you have to understand that you have to protect that vision because how you see it, you cannot even put into words to describe to other people how you feel about that and what mm -hmm. you have in store for yourself. So when I went to my mom, for example, again, I love my mom, yeah. but like, again, she's just like, Michelle, why are you doing that? 
you suck at writing and this and that and whatever. Yeah. Like, don't worry about, just focus on your business. But it's just like, no, I know I have so much more to give to the world mm -hmm. than just what I do right now. And so um, that's kind of how I came to that. And that's why I started writing it because I am another um, outlet for somebody who may have heard what I said s s uh, a similar extent a thousand times, but because of the way I said it, that is what changes their life and yeah. now gave them the the opportunity to say, you know what, I'm going to do this. And that's what I feel like my purpose is, is I want to be that moment of change or realization for yeah. even one person that could potentially literally change the world. That is what everybody yeah. in this planet actually has the potential of. You literally have the potential to yeah. change someone's life to the extent you actually impact the entire world that levels you don't even know. It's fascinating. Mm -hmm. Do you have, um, now I'll get to, sorry, I'm really interested. <laughs> that, okay. um, that's cool. But you um, have any closing kind of messages or last bit, last quick mm -hmm. points you want to get out to the yeah, audience? Just, uh, I'll kind of reiterate that because we've kind of gone all over the place. But yeah. the, the takeaway I would say from what I have to say is you just have to try and you just have to do. Do not feel fail failure. Um, the fearing of failure stands for false evidence appearing real. Yeah. So you just have to yeah. go for it, and if you really want to accomplish something, you have to tune out all the negativity and just do, and do not set yourself up for, um, you know, thinking you're going to fail something before you even try. Just, mm -hmm. just try so then that way you know what you want to do, because you actually have evidence to back you up, and not just because you heard about something or somebody told you something. Find out for yourself. Okay. Mm -hmm. Nice. Uh, where can people Where can people get a hold of you? Where can people find you? Where can uh, So I'm sure you'll leave my contact yes. information below, yeah. but um, I have my email listed below in the bottom of my page on my website, and that's heat-therapy.ca. But you can find me on all social media. I'm even on TikTok. You just have yeah. to look up my yeah. name, yeah. And, and you'll find it. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Alright guys, uh, thank you for listening and watching. Um, I'll be back soon. All of Nichelle's information will be below and uh, we hope you guys had fun. So take it easy. Thank you yes, very much. Yes, thank you very much. Way. I appreciate this. Awesome.